right, folks, we're back for another week, another episode of Reliving the Lights. What I will assume will be another instant classic episode of Reliving the Lights. Uh, we're we're rewatching Friday Night Lights. We are currently on episode 11 of season two. My name is Josh Kuypers. This is my co-host. Hi, I'm Anthony Hookman. And uh, yeah, we're just... Just a couple of guys, a couple of friends, talking about a piece of art that we love, Friday Night Lights. We're excited to get into it again this week. So as we record this, we are in that between season, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. This will be outdated when we actually release this episode. But I thought, uh, Anthony, to start things off on this episode, uh, maybe we could get your like top pieces of Christmas related media, whether that's movies, albums, you know, what have you. Sure. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of the things that you go back to each Christmas. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting question because I'm not a big Christmas person. No, uh, huh. I never have been, but there is some, some Christmas related art that I do love. So my, let's do not like a list, but so yeah. like my every year Christmas movies, I do It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Nice. I do Home Alone 1 and 2. Got to. And Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. I just forget about Gremlins. Yeah. That's yeah. That's Christmas time. So those are my, I've had enough of the Die Hard as a Christmas movie discourse and I want more Gremlins as a Christmas movie discourse. <laughs> so. I like that. Uh, I It was about this year last or it was about this time last year that I watched Die Hard for the first time ever. And then I watched through all the Die Hard movies and I was planning on going back to that again. That's not uh, bad. Yeah. Just because I had such a good time watching those movies. Yeah. But yes, that 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 discourse is played out for sure. Yeah. It's 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 been overdone. And also Die Hard with a Vengeance, I would argue, is the best Die Hard movie. Yes. And it takes place in the summer. So um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had yeah. enough of the the Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Like 10 years ago it was it was funny, but now it's not. So actually let's just go ahead and not ruin the Gremlins as a Christmas movie discourse <laughs> and just right. let's not talk about it beyond this. So I bet go ahead. I was uh, I just add on top of that, like every now and then, like I watched Love actually for the first time in probably a decade, maybe two or three years ago, because um, Andrew really loves that movie, and I used to really love that movie, but I think it's aged pretty poorly. I agree with that. Yeah, I um, watched it a couple years ago, and it's like, I don't know. so that one probably won't stick. I'm trying to think of if there's Home Alone one and two, and and Gremlins have been real go tos for me. It's a Wonderful Life. I actually watched it. It's a Wonderful Life for the first time last year. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'd never seen it. It was not oh. a, a tradition in our home, and I really, really dug it. And actually, the only version that was streaming was on Amazon. It was the color version. So I just picked up the the 4K Blu-ray of uh, of It's a Wonderful Life. So I'm really wow. excited to, to add that to my rotation because I did really like it. And I know that you're a, a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely one of my favorites. I wouldn't even say that I watch it every year, though. I just mm-hmm. I just really like it. But it's... It's uh, it's long and it's slow at parts, and so it's not one that you like chomp at the bit, like to, uh, oh, we gotta pop this in, right? But it's worth it when you when you make the investment to yeah. watch it. It was very different from what I expected it to be. Yeah, but I'm really happy that I watched it, and I'm really happy that I. I mean, it's surprisingly affordable to pick up the as far as 4Ks go. Like it was like 12 bucks. So okay. I, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna add it to the the yearly rotation. Um, 
Angie is a huge fan of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which yep. I think is fine. Yeah. Um, and Angie also really likes to watch. Uh, well, she liked to watch the, like the 1993 version of Little Women. Um, that's like her Christmas movie. And last year on Christmas, we went to see the Greta Gerwig version oh, yeah. of of Little Women. So I think yeah. that one, the the Greta Gerwig might make our uh, our Christmas rotation, Christmas season nice. rotation. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, working from home during a pandemic has been a really. <laughs> I mean, I think it's been really interesting to me because I've been doing it for like eight months now. Yeah. And um, so like you feel like you miss a lot, but like I really like I haven't heard a Christmas song in public in a long time. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I think I, I popped into Walmart yesterday for the first time since Black Friday, I suppose, and um I heard the waitress's song. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a it's oh, a yeah. Christmas because you know, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, da 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 um <laughs> And like that, that's one that I don't hate, but I kind of had like a, oh yeah, it's because there's no snow on the ground. Like it's been a pretty mild winter for us. And I mean, we're, it's December 12th now. Like it's, um, it's been a pretty mild winter for us. So there's no snow on the ground. It doesn't really feel Uh like Christmas. So, um, I mean, that's a song that I don't hate. I, I don't hate the Mariah Carey song. Um, (laughs) I like the one from the Phil Spector Christmas album, the, Snow's falling down. Da, <laughs> yep. da, 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 da. Baby, come home or whatever it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Christmas. That one's I don't hate. Um, Christmas in Harlem by Kanye West is always in the rotation. Yeah. Um, but I, I just uh, uh, River by Joni Mitchell. That's like probably my favorite Christmas song of all time. I don't know that one. Yeah. And then uh, it's really only Christmas adjacent. It doesn't get into the whole <laughs> uh-huh. BS that I hate about most Christmas songs. And then of course, Wham's Last Christmas is always a. Uh, one that I don't really get sick of. So yeah. 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 Tell me about yours. I've, I've gone on on long enough about my Christmas traditions. The must watch, uh, for the Kuipers family is also Christmas vacation. We watch that every year. I I don't necessarily watch it with my, you know, siblings or my mom, but, uh, I watch it, uh, home alone. Also at least one, we didn't own one growing up. So I'm more familiar with two, but I've found myself watching one more, uh, as an adult. So Christmas vacation, home alone, never, I bet you haven't seen gremlins in 20 years. So I think it's gremlins time. Yes. It's it's gremlins time. It's gremlins time. (laughs) So Um, I I think I'll give that a go. I think if I'm not mistaken, Home Alone 2 may have been the first movie I saw in a theater. I think you've said that before. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a, a small connection to that movie. And then I think Hocus Pocus was the second movie I ever saw in a theater. And I think that Home Alone 2 is a much better movie than than Hocus Pocus. Hot takes, but yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> I've never Hocus seen Pocus Hocus Pocus. Got overrated. Pocus it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit much. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'd have to talk to my mom, but I think Home Alone two was the first movie i ever saw in a theater it would have been i think 91 so that that plays i would have been like three years old four years old i came out in 91 home alone 2 came out in 91 i'm pretty sure let me when did home alone one come out i think 90 i think they followed each oh okay then i could see it but it's like man i'm pretty sure no i was wrong home alone 2 came out in 92 home alone one came out in 1990 
1990, 1992. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would have been four on the verge of five. I would have been just about five. Yeah. My first uh, movie theater experience was Be- Beauty and the Beast, which oh. I know you're a fan of. Top 20 movie of all time for me. So yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm jealous. Yep. Other than that, my dad really loved A Christmas Story. And we never had cable, so we were never inundated with the like marathon yeah, or whatever. Hours. It, it was always just like a treat, like we were going to watch it. So uh, I still will watch it. Watch it at least once every every Christmas just for the memes. All, all uh, due respect to your father. <laughs> I f- hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I I understand. <laughs> I understand. I just do not get the popularity of that movie. But uh, for some reason, Fiddler on the Roof also got played a lot <laughs> during the Christmas season growing up. Don't know why. So there's that. But it's a, yeah, like a, that's like a Jewish movie. I think it's yeah, <laughs> it's not very Christmas related. Time. Yeah. Uh, music. I'm not a fan of Christmas music, so I don't really have go to. Christmas music. Um, yeah, I, I have less, it's less go-to Christmas music for me and more like I stuff that it. I don't get mad about when I hear it. Yeah. The other, the other like media Christmas related media that I tend to watch is it seems like most December's at some point we sit down and we watch all the Christmas episodes of the office which is a sure. good, which is a good time. Those are those are those are good episodes. They always go hard for the Christmas episodes on the office. So we watch those. But good. Uh yeah, well, happy Valentine's Day. Here's our Christmas ratings. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So, uh let's get into it. What are you drinking for this episode of the podcast? Still dieting, still vodka waters with the splash of mio. Nice. What mio flavor? I believe it's blackberry. Blackberry. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to double check, but it's it's in that in that range. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a dark berry flavor. Yeah, a dark flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's my jam. Uh, I'm gonna start out with a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Surprisingly nice. good. Uh, you're on the diet. Sure. Diet sodas still yeah. aren't great. But I'm not. A, diet, I don't even but, even when I'm not on. Oh the yeah, diet, you don't drink. I soda don't at drink all. sodas. As far as uh, diet sodas go, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar is very good. It's too good because I just want to keep drinking I, it, and I can't because of zero calories. I will say that I don't drink most sodas, I should say, but I have found that Sprite um, is, or like a 7-Up or a uh, you know a Sierra Mist or whatever, a lemon-lime soda after a night of uh, recording the podcast oh, yeah, has, yeah. is pretty refreshing. You're cracking so. open then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I got the Mountain Dew Zero, but I also within arm's reach, I've got a, a twelver of Bush Light. So we'll see what happens. All right, we've got our Christmas uh, media ratings down. We've got our drinks. So I believe we are ready for episode eleven of season two of Friday Night Lights. Let's go to the IMDb. Yes, we have got. Oh, gosh. Am I on the right? Oh, okay. I'm not on the right page. <laughs> I was, and then we talked about Home Alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, episode 11, Jumping the Gun. 
The coach's need for his own space in his own house doesn't just stop at throwing out Tim, even though his wife has her own needs when it comes to caring for her family and Smash's need for choosing a college is taking its toll on his family, especially his mother. (laughs) Period. End. (laughs) Classic movie dude one. Yeah, let's go ahead. The coach's need for his own space in his own house doesn't just stop at throwing out Tim, even though his wife has her own needs when it comes to caring for her family and Smash's need for choosing a college is taking its toll on his family, especially his mother. There's no there's no punctuation <laughs> in between switching from the Taylor family to Smash. No. At all. No. It just, no. just burns on trucking. Just keep trucking, movie dude one. One sentence. It's a one-sentence synopsis. It covers Coach, Tim, Tammy, the Taylor family, Smash, and Mama Smash all in one sentence. What are we rating this? This is like a three. I'll give them a few points for continuing the whole like trying to keep a theme in terms of needs. But yeah. boy, what uh, an absolute mess. <laughs> I, I agree. It's almost impressive that he, I mean, he didn't do it successfully, but it's almost impressive that he still managed to somehow think that he found a way yeah. <laughs> to make it one sentence. It's not, Movie Dude 1, it is not a positive thing. To create a one sentence synopsis, I feel no. like he's trying to do that. Don't do it. Yeah, he is limiting himself to two sentences maximum. It's not worth it, man. It's not a good thing. Okay. Well, there you go. Not Movie Dude One's best work. This episode is called Jumping the Gun. It aired January 11 of 2008. Let's hop into it. We we get a classic Friday Night Lights opening of Slam and Sammy for this episode. Yeah, a classic like driving through Dylan mm-hmm. through by the houses and uh, Slam and Sammy on the radio, and it's Noel driving the vehicle. She's going yeah. to see Smash. Slam and Sammy is talking about how it's verbal recruitment season. Right. Yes. It is time for high schoolers to make their verbal commitments to the college or universities of their choice. And we are just waiting to see, waiting to hear where Smash will make his verbal commitment to. So Smash's uh, girlfriend, Noelle, who is also his agent, kind of. Yeah. uh, She comes in late. There's already recruiters, college reps that are at the Smash household. She comes in late. Mama Smash is none too happy that Noel is there. Yeah. And I mean, not too happy with the entire situation. Right. Yeah. It's not just Noel. Uh, it's the whole rigmarole of, of the recruitment process. Uh, but yeah, there's just kind of a parade of college recruiters coming through i mean are we to believe that this is all like just kind of back to back same morning same day that's what it seems to imply but it's hard to say if it's i don't know the whole thing's so weird because 
we have the scene later on in the grocery store, which we'll get into. That's like, how long are these people? Like that guy, he had like a hand cart. So like he was clearly staying in Dylan for an extended <laughs> amount of time. And how many, like, I understand that college or like high school football is huge in Texas, but like, he's really seemingly only there for smash right? Uh, for him to stay for longer than a few hours. in Dylan seems bizarre i mean how many but, you got to think about like how many kids do, does each college like right. try and recruit and so do they have like an individual person out at each potential recruit <laughs> like hounding right. them for a week at a time yeah uh you know i was never recruited to play college football <laughs> except for Same. some obscure uh christian college that i've never heard of before had never heard of before and have never heard of since uh <laughs> sent me a letter to to play football there but other than that uh yeah so i'm not sure how all that works lots going on for smash though it's very yeah, important got, very important time in the process yeah he is meeting with an alabama recruiter uh Oklahoma Tech, Michigan, yeah. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and Smash is loving it. He is without verbally uh committing, he is verbally committing to <laughs> literally every single one of these. <laughs> Except Georgia. He seemed to think the Georgia guy was kind of weird talking about the boiled peanuts. I don't know mm. if you <laughs> you picked up on that, but yeah. Well, yeah. like the Michigan one who's like you ever play a game in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, playing in the snow is pretty epic. I remember one of our games against the Wagner Red Raiders, uh, one of Hate the em. red teams. Uh, they literally had to take a tractor and scrape like a foot and a half, two feet of snow off the field. And so it was like pure ice. It was like five degrees and it was awful. But it, at the same time, it was epic. So I think I I think it was the cameraman for that game. Oh yeah. And I remember being up in the crow's nest and being like, I'm glad I'm in this warmed <sighs> environment because it looks miserable out there. It was so bad. It, every time you hit somebody, it felt like your shoulder was gonna shatter. Uh so they had set up like hay bales on the sidelines to kind of shelter us from the wind. And then they had like the big Nipco propane heaters that basically mm-hmm. like spit fire at the end. Yeah. And I feel bad for laughing, but you got, it's too funny. Uh, so, you know, team manager has his gloves on and he go, he's, he's sitting by the Nipco heater and he's got his hands like right in front of the Nipco, like right in the blast of heat. <laughs> we look over, it's like, your gloves are on fire. <laughs> it's like, he's like, He's got a hand on fire and yeah, he starts doing this and then he goes <laughs> and shoves his burning glove into his mouth to put it out. <laughs> like burning rubber, you yeah, know, like, so uh, uh, never forget <laughs> that. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so uh, everybody's got their pitch for Smash. Smash is pretty interested in all of them. And yeah, loving the attention. Yeah, these are big schools. Yeah, you know, so he should feel pretty excited. That, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Over at the Taylor household, Julie is uh, hungover. Yes, she is waking up hungover. Coach comes in to apologize. 
uh, to Julie about what he perceived as Tim's actions the night before. Julie kind of gives us a look or gives coach a look that is kind of a mixture of guilt and concern. Yeah. She has an opportunity here to set coach straight about what actually happened that Tim was actually helping her. She does not do so. She doesn't even try to. We do point. get during the scene also a music cue. One of like, th- I think three or four that I wrote down. For oh, this really? Episode. Yeah. Um, so Wilco song called either way. Okay. So. Nice. Uh, Wilco is one of those bands that I feel like I should be into, but I'm not. Same. Yep. yep. Uh, so Tim Riggins, we, we see him coach comes to the locker room facilities early in the morning tim is sleeping on the training table yeah in the locker room coach says uh you can't be here after hours yeah you gotta go uh so yeah tim is in a rough spot homeless again back at the smash household smash can't find his phone blames it on the little sister sister smash (laughs) um he's kind of chewing her out chasing her out the door and mama smash says i took the phone uh you know i want you to focus on school you can't be looking at your phone every minute i mean this time you know it's 2007 <laughs> as, as this is being filmed we're talking about right. he probably had a, a motorola razor yeah baby good for him right this is very different looking at your phone all day uh than we know today yeah, right <laughs> right uh but Smash basically says, like, listen, I'm doing this with or without you, mama. So <laughs> get on board or get out the way, basically. Yeah. You don't say that to Mama Smash. Come on, man. <laughs> Shelly gets her real estate exam results back. I got very confused during this because I don't know if the audio was off. I don't know if you had all this problem. But I heard prostate exam and I was like <laughs> something's I had to pause and I was like I I I, I rewound it I was like did they say prostate exam results and then she was like real estate exam so maybe it was just me yeah I think it was just uh, you uh-huh. furiously taking notes and and misheard but yeah not prostate exam uh <laughs> She passed her real estate real estate exams. She offers to buy the Taylor family dinner at where else but Applebee's. Yep. Uh, so that's our second Applebee's reference in two episodes. Coach is very supportive of this. Uh, he's Too very much, excited. as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he is over the moon that she has passed. He says that they will do whatever to help her out. In this, yeah, coach is excited to get her out of the house. And as he suggests that they'll do whatever, Shelly suggests like, hey, maybe you could get a, another phone line for the house that Julie and I could share. Yeah, it's uh, only $9 a business. month. Yeah, which is my outdated pop culture reference. Uh, having like multiple line. lines to your household, we don't yeah. even have one. Uh <laughs> Right. Yeah. Why doesn't Shelly just get a cell phone for her business? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For real. (laughs) Yeah. She's a real estate agent. She needs a cell phone. You need to like meet people at the houses and stuff. So outdated. Good, good catch. 
Um, Tim returns to the Riggins household. He's swallowing, was pr- swallowing his pride. Things didn't work out with Guy. Things <laughs> didn't work out with the Taylor family. So he's going home. Yep. And he finds a delinquency notice on the door. Missed at least one payment on the mortgage. I would imagine it's probably several payments based yeah, on the amount yeah. that we find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he walks in and Billy's not there. The place is looking pretty rough. Yeah. Even for the Riggins household, it's looking bad. Uh, during this, we also, I, we had another music cue. Oh yeah. Uh, that I shazammed. Uh, uh, a song called Frozen. I'm going to say Gator. It was just Frozen GTR. Okay. Um, but like the T and R were not capitalized. So I think it was, yeah. Frozen okay. Gator. Uh, uh-huh. By Thurston Moore. Thurston Moore. All right. Yeah, while Tim is uh, entering the house. Nice. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this before. Maybe we have. Apparently, the where they filmed the Riggins house, like that actual house, had like a real like mold problem and stuff. Yeah. And so like the actors on the show were complained a lot about the working conditions of the Riggins house. It was like legitimately, legitimately a dump. Um, So uh, I, I did a little reading on an article that talked about the different film places that they filmed Friday night lights around Austin that you can still go see. I mean, this is obvious, but it confirmed that the Alamo freeze was actually a dairy queen and a working dairy queen. Yeah. So that was the the confirmation tidbit from that. But yeah, you can like take a tour around Austin and visit all these different places. All right. So we we see Mama Smash at the grocery store and she is getting harassed by yeah. the Oklahoma Tech guy. Pretty hard. Yeah. He's he's once again, she's like clearly doing her actual grocery shopping. I'm having a hard time telling if he's like there for an extended amount of time because he's got a hand cart that's got items in it. So yeah. was he like ambushing her and just like waiting for her? Is he just actually there? <laughs> yeah. To shop is, is his hand cart a decoy? Was he just trying to make it seem like, I think that's the case. That's, that's my interpretation is he's there just to ambush her. He doesn't have any real intention of shopping or cooking any of that food or anything like that. Tammy happens to be uh, shopping at the same time and she kind of steps in to save Mama Smash and calls the dude out a little bit. Uh, yeah, it goes into Tammy mode for sure. Yep, you need to step back, sir. Yeah. Uh, so Tammy, yeah, Tammy has a, a nice moment with Mrs. or not Mrs. Smash. Tammy, yeah, bails Mama Smash out there. We see Coach and Julie leaving school, presumably like after practice or something. And Tim walks out at the same time. Once again, uh, I feel like Julie has an opportunity to set things straight with Coach and come clean. She doesn't really do that. Tim kind of gives her a look and it frazzles Julie. Yes. Because she knows that she needs to do the right thing and she like loses her train of thought. Yep. Yep. She has the opportunity right there, just a little one-on-one time with coach, but she doesn't do it because Julie's awful. We we go back to Mama Smash 
and Tammy in Mama Smash is kind of venting a little bit and confiding in Tammy about the whole recruitment process. But then it kind of really comes down to, she says, I just didn't think it'd be this hard to let him go. Yeah, yeah. Mama Smash kind of admits that she's not a fan of Noel. She's not a fan of this whole college recruitment situation. Mrs. Coach says like, hey, I know this is tough, but also like your son's an extremely good football player. He's going to get recruited. Like he's going to have to leave home eventually. Yeah. You're going to have to learn to deal with him not being home. Yeah, she does. She, she does a nice job of gently giving mama smash some perspective and context to the situation. Julie, uh, who, as we mentioned, had been frazzled and thrown off by that eye contact she had with Tim, goes over to the Riggins household to apologize to Tim. And she's super nervous about it. And this is where I had, I think if you're watching this for the first time, like I mentioned in the last episode, you're kind of wondering right now, like, What's going to happen here? Is this a is this a thing that's going to happen? Uh, yeah. Is there something going on here? It's a very weird, yeah, scene in that way because you can tell that, Ju- I mean, yeah, like you said, last episode, Julie has been kind of bragging up her um, situation with Tim. Even the moment that Coach catches them in, it seemed like Julie was kind of trying to make a drunk uh, inhibitions gone move on Tim Riggins. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah, she shows up at his house. Um, She apologizes, but kind of says, hey, I hope you understand. I couldn't tell my dad that I was out drinking. Tim handles it really maturely and really well and like weirdly like stoically. Yep. Yeah, he kind of gets it whatever think nothing of it i yeah i get it whatever and also thanks him for saving her from the whole riley situation which yeah (laughs) right absolutely uh as julie is leaving freaking lois out in the car beeps her horn at honk yeah come on lois thirsty wave we see right through you on this this is a cover yeah back at school Coach Taylor invites Coach Dickies out for a beer. You get the sense that he kind of wants to bury the hatchet or see, figure, try and Find figure out what's ground. going on here. Yeah. Uh, but Dickies is a real dicky. Shuts him down. Yeah. He says, I don't drink. And Coach is like, do you not drink or you just not drink with me? Right. And yeah, it's he's, he's yeah. I literally wrote before. This is. I hadn't even realized that his name was Dickies. <laughs> yeah. So I just have Larrabee Coach. He's a dick about it. So <laughs> appropriately named. Yep. Yep. Coach they, Dickies. They nailed it there. Chip in the hallways of Dylan are, are, I don't know. Are the Larrabee students taking classes at Dylan now also? I guess. I mean, they did say that the school, like yeah, the school, the school had been, Yeah. I don't know. Chip is in the hallway wearing his letterman's jacket and looking 40. <laughs> and he has committed to TMU. He tells Smash, hey, you know, I committed to TMU. You're going to be joining the team with me. 
Are we going to be teammates? Uh, it seems like kind of an attempt to bury the hatchet, but also an attempt to like pressure smash sort of. It's I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's as close as Chip can get to like a genuine interaction, maybe, which still feels, I don't know, jerkish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Smash jumps the gun. (laughs) Oh, yep. There it is. Okay. Uh, You know, he's got too much pride. He's got, he's too cocky. And he says, you've got something better. I'm above TMU and of course, TMU is a fictional university. We don't know if it's like a FCS college is almost what it's like portrayed as. Yeah. Um, and, but he, so he says, or at least definitely not a like ranked FBS team. Um, and says, you know, actually, um, I'm going to commit to Alabama, <laughs> which is a pretty, that's about as, top of the yeah of the heat as you can get pretty much yeah you can't i mean there's obviously a few schools in alabama's range but even in the last 12 years like when i think of college football and i'm not a college football fan yeah you think uh, i think of alabama yeah like that's um just a traditionally like uh like like usc i guess right like, you know, Michigan, I guess, is in there. Nebraska would have been in there like 30 years ago. <laughs> right. Like, in of those Iowa. schools that you mentioned, I feel like Alabama is definitely the most consistent. Of For all sure, of them. the most consistent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, he just goes all out. He kind of just. Is it the word Clemson? Is that the other big one? Yeah, they're good. Like, yeah. I, I don't, don't. Ole Miss usually is pretty Right. Good. Yeah. That's, that's one that's always in there. But um, I know about as much as you do. So yeah, Smash goes all out, but he just kind of blurts it out and like you said, jumps the gun on the whole situation. Uh yeah, so not very well thought out here. And and he does this entire in front of the entire school. Like right. and like the Dylan students are like, oh, he's going to bam. <laughs> like they're yeah. Matt Saracen's there. He's like, this is awesome. <laughs> like yes. But even Matt is like, hey, that's great and all, but did you hear back from TMU? Uh, which I don't I don't really know when TMU became such a big contender. Like I said, Smash. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're like I think the idea is that it's local-ish. Like yeah, you know, the idea is it's within a two or three hour drive from Dylan, even though coach flew there flew. when he <laughs> lived there for whatever reason. But right. like yeah, I think that it's the fact that it's local and that it's Texas is is part of the allure. Yeah. But I don't know. Yep. Coach is out in the garage studying plays and film. Yep. And Tammy comes out. She's upset. She's looking for some paper towels because Shelly dropped some eggs. Freaking Shelly. What a dingbat. Uh, although... You know, if somebody dropped a dozen eggs on the kitchen floor and then just walked away from it, I guess I would be pretty like, what I'd the heck? Too. Yeah, it sounds In like fact, a... I don't even really feel like that's a reasonable, realistic situation that would happen. 
no, listen, I'm pretty bad at social situations like that. <laughs> um, like I've, I've had some pretty embarrassing moments, which once again plays into my uh, <laughs> extreme anxiety about um, just not pleasing everybody all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like making a mess in somebody else's house and then just <laughs> being like, well, I'm going to my bedroom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so I think, yeah, Tammy has a, a pretty good reason for freaking out a little bit about Shelly. And I didn't think of this while I was watching, but, uh, is coach out in the garage doing this because basically he's kicked out of his own house or doesn't have his own space in his own house. Cause we've never seen coach doing this out in the garage before. Right. Yeah. It's never, uh, for sure said. And later on in the episode, he sits down in the living room to watch an episode or to watch some game film that doesn't exactly play out, but we'll get into that. So mm-hmm. sort of say it almost seemed because he almost seemed to have like a setup out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to say if it's kind of his own little sanctuary for studying game film and setting that stuff up outside of the office, like a second office. Yeah. Um, I think with the fact that the the later scene uh, has him in the living room, I think that's that implies that this is a normal thing sure. Sure, and sure, not sure, a Shelly sure. thing. Yeah. Uh, but Coach says in response to Tammy freaking out about Shelly a little bit, Coach says, yeah, maybe it's time for her to fly the coop. Uh, Tammy tells coach right here that about smash and mama smash and what's going on there with them. And, you know, suggest that he have a talk with him. Yeah. Doesn't have any male role models or male influence in his life. And in the process of all that, Shelly breaks the hairdryer, which freaking Shelly. Yeah. She comes out and says, Hey, is this thing supposed to have black smoke coming out of it? Um, which I think the answer to that question, unless you're like burning tires is no (laughs) in life. 100% of the time. And so Tammy says, you know, you know, why don't you run to the store and buy a new one? And while you're at it, why don't you buy some more eggs? Zing. Over at the Riggins household looks like hot mom's moving out. Uh, yeah. Can't remember her name. Do we remember the name? Jackie. Jackie. It looks like Jackie's moving out. She's loading up her like Subaru. <laughs> Where's Bo? Where is Bo? That's what I want to know. Maybe he's inside playing Nintendo 64, PlayStation 2. I Game don't know. GameCube, probably. Yeah. <laughs> GameCube. Uh, but yeah, she's she's taking off. Tim kind of tries to pry a little bit to get the details about his brother from Jackie. Yeah. Turns out Billy has lost his job. So he's fallen behind on the mortgage and Jackie can't really help him out and pay two mortgages. So she's leaving. Bouncing. Yeah. Well, you could just be like, Hey, we're breaking up and I'm going to keep my house because I've got a stable job and also a child to take care of. Right. Yeah. I, I'm your neighbor, not your mom. I, f- I, yeah, I just felt like maybe there was more to the situation than what Jackie was sharing with Tim. I'm going to assume so. And I think that's a fair assumption, but still doesn't seem like a reason to skip town. <laughs> right. Yeah, not entirely sure. But I do want to mention all the while, Tim's got a beer in hand sure does. Yeah. while he's asking 
about this information. Yep. So that's one so far for the episode. But Jackie does say, hey, I hope you and Billy can patch things up because basically I think you need each other. Yeah. Coach, as we alluded to before, is sitting down in the living room. He's going to watch some game tape. And pretty early into the game, the tape cuts out and uh, the office starts up. <laughs> yep. um, just coincidentally, as the theme song is playing, uh, Shelly comes out with uh, some laundry and she's like, oh, the office. I love the office. I'm glad that it took, you know, the, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. sure if I had set up, I mean, she's a 30 year old woman in 2007. If she doesn't know how to set up a, a VHS recording, or if she wasn't hundred percent sure that she set it up correctly, I don't know what to say. Yeah. If my 90 year old grandma can set up her <laughs> stories, yeah. Shelly should be able to set it for the office. Yeah. Uh, coach is pissed because Shelly taped over game tape. Shelly says, like, oh, you guys should get a TiVo, which, frankly, by that point, probably they should. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or talk to their cable company about, yeah, like, having a DVR because they live in a mid-range town in Texas. Like, by 2007, like, Platt had it in 2008. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what time of year it would have been that they first got a DVR in their cable package, but I know that it wasn't too much because, well, I don't think about now because I had an HDTV by that point. So it was probably fall of 2008 that Platt got it because mm-hmm. I had an HDTV and that was the thing is that the DVR came with the HD option. So like my TV was the one that got it. Nice. So I would say that Dylan had it by late 2007. That was an option in a, Texas town the size of 50,000 roughly. So, yeah, 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 yeah. At that time. So, so Shelly. Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable, but she definitely handled the situation incorrectly. Even yeah. coaches like, do you have any concept of personal property? Like, right. and, and he's right. Like, frankly, how dare she just grab a tape and not <laughs> think twice about it to film or to record an episode of the freaking office? Yeah. Shelly is pretty butthurt about the whole situation and coach knows that he screwed up, but I don't think he really screwed up, but he knows that it's not going to go over well. Yeah. And he makes a comment about like, when are you going to find your own place? Right. In, in kind of the middle of all this. And Shelly takes that as I'm being evicted, basically get out. Right. The next scene, we see Smash and his sports agent girlfriend go to talk to Coach at his office. Coach doesn't seem very impressed that Smash is thinking Alabama, especially before he hears from TMU. And he kind of points out like, listen, at best, you're not going to see playing time until your senior year. So you're going to sit for three years behind these awesome other running backs they have. And Noel's like, oh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And Coach like, visibly rolls his eyes <laughs> at her. So Coach kind of implores Smash to listen to his mama and respect her. And I think that's fair, even if we don't necessarily agree with his college recruiting advice. Uh, yeah, 
he yeah he he basically says mama well yeah listen to your mom respect your mom listen to what she has to say essentially yep tammy comes home just as shelly is leaving with suitcase in hand headed out to a hotel they kind of argue a little bit about the situation but shelly says hey this is what this is what you wanted even if basically made Eric do your dirty work for this. You wanted this too. And Which is a, it's another one of those like anxiety moments for me because it's like, yeah, Tammy does not want Shelly to live there anymore. But also like the fact that she thinks that she made Eric do the dirty work. Like part of me is like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, yeah, I do feel right. that way, but like I had no, I had nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> Eric situation. Trust me, like I didn't have him do this. Like, yeah, this is, that was your own fault. <laughs> you taped <laughs> over a game tape and that's made him snap. Like, I didn't ask him to do that. <laughs> yeah, please understand. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so yeah, Shelly is out. We see Coach Dickies in his office in Dylan High School, his yes. makeshift office. He obviously gets a bad phone call of some sort, yeah, but we, we don't see know the, what. We see the tail end of a what is a very obviously difficult phone conversation. Yep. Uh, Coach Taylor walks in at that point. Apparently, Coach Dickies has left his playbook out on the field, and Coach Taylor brings it to him, sets it on his desk. Yeah. That's how you left us in the, in the field. Here you go. Where'd you have it? And Coach Dickies is like, why aren't you a boy scout? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty d- dumb move for Dickies to leave that out there. Yeah. Coach could have taken taken advantage of that, but he doesn't because he's Coach Taylor. Uh, Tim Tim comes home to the Riggins household. Billy's sitting out on the lawn. Uh, they have a little exchange where Tim says, what are you doing? Billy says, lost my keys. Tim says, you look like crap. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's their interaction there. Tammy confronts Coach, asked if he kicked out Shelly. Coach denies it, which is fair. He didn't kick Shelly out, but kind of acknowledges that they had a disagreement. Yeah, Tammy says that she would have liked to have had that conversation with Coach before it happened. And if a family member of hers is going to get t- kicked out, she'd like to do the kicking in the future. Uh, we see Tim and Billy drinking beers in the kitchen. The big rig beer tally is up to two at this point for the episode. Billy kind of explains his situation and apologizes to Tim. Tim says, looks like it's just the two of us. They kind of make up here. And we find out that they have to come up with $2,000 within the next two weeks in order to save the house. That's apparently what they're behind on with their mortgage. All right. So we see coach, uh, he's apologizing to Tammy about Shelly. You know, he's, he says, I'm going to call, I'm going to make things right. And Tammy, Tammy's like, yeah, you know, uh, she was here for a long time. Coach's like, you're damn right she was. <laughs> damn right she was. And and uh, Tammy says, it, it will be nice to have our house back. And Coach says, you're damn right it will be. 
<laughs> Even though Tammy is upset, she's kind of coming around to the idea of just the Taylor family being yeah. in the Taylor house again. Yeah. Now that the the end is, well, now that that has come to an end, she does kind of, she can admit that'd be pretty nice. The next scene, Julie, so coach is on his way out the door. Julie catches him. She needs a word with coach. Yeah. She kind of says, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. And coach is saying, Hey, I got to go coach this game. And Julie says, no, I need to talk to you right now. (laughs) And she kind of explains, she comes clean, says, Hey, I was drinking. I didn't want to throw myself under the bus. So I kind of let it fall onto Tim, but I was drinking. I was drunk. I ran into a tough situation. Tim actually saved me (laughs) and he was just helping me into bed and coach is pissed. Yeah. His response is, (laughs) well, he says like, yeah, the way I've been treating Tim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's more mad about, I mean, he's mad at Julie, but he's, he's like how I treated Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Been giving him hell for the last couple weeks. I think he says, and he just says, damn, Julie, damn. So, but he doesn't really have time to deal with it. He's got to go coach the game. So, uh, football, we, we are at the game uh, time. Yeah, baby. Panthers versus Larrabee. We've been building up to this for the last couple weeks. Yeah. Two episodes, which did they have another bye week Did they have a bye week last week? We didn't yes. Really... That was the formal, the Friday formal was, oh, um, was I think Landry bye? mentions that it was during a bye week and that's okay. why he was going to take Tyra. As he was gotcha. Like, I've got a bye week So, all right. I missed that. So, okay. That makes sense. Uh, but the, the Dylan Larrabee game, we got ourselves an offensive shootout going. It's a barn burner. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really painting this one as a coach versus coach Taylor versus Dickies kind of, yeah. A a little bit of a chess match between the two. We see some back and forth big plays and we do get a musical cue, which I'll quick mention. Is uh, Revelation Sunday by the Steepwater Band something that I didn't know prior to watching this no. episode this time? And it's, it's it was pretty good. Nice, but yeah. It's a it's a real barn burner, real back and forth. And the Panthers are down by five with a minute thirty four remaining. Josh, if you can believe it, the Panthers <laughs> are in a last minute potential win situation. Oh man, who would have thought it would come down to this? Uh, it, on third down, the the Panthers, the Matt Saracen gets sacked. So, yikes! Fourth and looking eight. looking pretty helpless. Yeah, fourth and eight. Do you go for it? I suppose you have to. In this, you situation. have to for sure. That's what I was watching it going. Oh, what are they going to do? Obviously, they have to go for it. There's a minute <laughs> thirty four left, and it's fourth down. Like you're you're going for it. Yep, you got to go for it. There's a timeout called, and we get a little back and forth between the two teams' huddles. You got Dickies in in the Larrabee uh, huddle and Taylor in the Dylan huddle, and uh, we we see the chess match playing out in real time here. They're both yeah. strategizing. It's a real don't think about it too much moment as we talked about earlier tonight because we got um, Larrabee's saying I've been we got to run this play I've been setting this bait all night uh-huh. um, and Mac McGill 
on the other end, they're saying, oh, Mac Beagle says, let's run this play. And coach says, unless uh-huh. he's planning this. So coach sees through it and yeah. maybe in a unreasonable way. <laughs> like coach maybe is not one step ahead. Way. I mean, I think we can all agree that coach is definitely on another level than freaking Mac McGill. Absolutely true. <laughs> so that part checks out. But so, yeah, Dickies thinks he knows what coach is going to do. Uh, he thinks that the Panthers are going to run a, a keeper clear to the outside. Saracen's going to take it to the outside. Coach thinks that that's what Dickies thinks. So coach runs a fake bootleg Saracen to the outside. Some real 4D chess. Oh, baby. Is it ever? Uh, but instead Just like of- our great president, Donald Trump. <laughs> Losing the election <laughs> to actually win a victory for America. Josh, when this episode airs in 2021, the our president, Donald J. Trump, will <laughs> still be president. He's, he may have lost a uh, the last straw case, but I, I'm telling you, he's got it. He's coming. <laughs> Just like Coach Taylor on a different level. listen to anybody from our hometown, uh, he is... He's going to win. He's gotta, still going to find a way to win. Yeah. Trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, yeah. I ignore. He, he lost on purpose. Yep. To prove that he could win. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Just trust the process, Josh. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. By the time the great folks of the West <laughs> Indies are listening to this <laughs> podcast, our president, Donald J. Trump, is probably... Um, who knows what he's doing? Yeah. Well, Something got- great, making America great again, probably. Keeping it? America great. Keeping, yeah, you're right. Keeping America great is actually the, <laughs> yeah. uh, With the Trump vaccine. Everybody in the West Indies is listening to this in like February and being like, this is so, I don't want to do it. I shouldn't do an accent. <laughs> don't, yeah, Forget don't that. Do that. <laughs> Forget that. Cut all Sorry. Of Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> but yeah so coach coach is one step ahead of Dickies and Mac McGill Saracen ends up throwing a pass to Tim Riggins Tim Riggins is just wide open he's home free he's headed to the end zone he's running down the sideline Dickies is losing his mind somebody hit him hit him uh, and finally he can't take it anymore. And so as Tim Riggins runs past him on the sideline, he goes ahead and just runs out on the field and trucks Tim. Like it's pretty yeah. impressive for somebody wearing just like a, uh, a smock, <laughs> you know, and like street clothes. It's a pretty impressive hit. Yeah. This like is Tim Riggins we're and, talking about too. Yeah. He, he, he runs over people. He runs through people. But and not Dickies. And probably the most like terrifying part is that like it isn't just a hit, like he goes like nuclear and is yeah. just like that's how you hit somebody. You know, like he doesn't He's, stop. And the no. the Dylan crowd is stunned. Yeah. There's like silence except for Dickies losing his mind still out on the field, completely in his own world. Uh this doesn't go over well with the officials. They call coach interference game over. Yeah. Dylan wins. Uh, 
Coach Taylor is like, okay, uh, let's let's go, let's go, let's get out of here. He hustles his players off the yeah. field, and uh, they head back to the locker room. Coach Taylor then uh, later on after the game, we we get a little scene of him walking into the film room, which is where the Larrabee locker room apparently is. Yeah, kicks their office. Kicks their assistant coach out and kind of demands a explanation out of Coach Dickies. Yeah, Dickies kind of says, you know what? A, he says he kind of defends himself in saying, like, you don't know what I'm going through, all this stuff, and then admits that his wife is dying of cancer and has three. I can't remember it was three weeks yeah. or three months to live. Yeah, I think three, it's three months. months. Yep, and. Uh, as sad and serious as this moment is, he says the line, uh, my wife has three months to live and I don't have a game plan for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, not great dialogue. And it's, it's strange because like, he's also like, he apologizes, acknowledges what he did was very dumb. Yep. But then he's also like, well, pretty much I'm screwed because not only is my wife dying, I'm not coaching anytime soon because he knows that yeah. his ass is out. He's fired this point. Yeah. He's already been through this once with the witness protection program, yeah. you know, and he kind of got a second chance, but yeah, he knows at this point, I mean, he's <laughs> coach Dickies is now, uh, I can't even come up with a fake name, but he's probably coaching in like Phillips, <laughs> South Dakota right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah guess we're moving again sorry i gotta look at like who the uh like nine single a team that won state this year because probably if you're if yeah. you're coaching at that level good, in texas yeah. but he's gotta be yeah yeah so it's it's things are not good for dickies and yeah. <laughs> i feel like coach is just a little dumbfounded by the situation he's just kind of like well oh, oh. Yeah, he's okay. not sure how to handle it at all. And he I just walks out. Can't blame him for that at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not really his duty to, you know, be the shoulder to cry on, I guess. So Tim and Billy decide this is a good time to get Tim's stuff from Guy's house. Right. I think at this point you just cut your losses. I mean Yeah, what does Tim have I, that's of worth anything? That's what I wonder, like how much did he pack? It seemed like it was a pretty out the door situation when he went to move in with or yeah. to move out of uh, Billy's home. I think at this point you just cut your losses and say, "Hey, listen, I probably don't need that don't uh, eventually that. vintage uh, Dylan two thousand five <laughs> t shirt." Yeah, but he goes back. He grabs his stuff. It's like basically no more than a duffel bag of yeah. things that he shoves together. Pretty much nothing. They're kind of freaking out because they don't want to run into Guy because, you know, that guy's insane. Well, they knock the door and, they, and initially Tim is like, Guy, it's Riggs. Yeah. Just come to get my stuff. And uh, once they realize that he's not there, then they're like, All right, let's just get in and out and be done yep. with it. Which this the decision that they make shortly thereafter makes it so much worse. But yeah. Uh, Tim goes up to the ferrets room or the room that he shared with the ferrets and gets his stuff 
and ducks out. And as he's coming down, there's a pistol on a banister yep. that he knocks off. And at this point, they're basically like, all right, we're getting in and out. Billy's like, <laughs> let's go. And uh, Tim's like, no, we can't just go. I can't just knock a pistol off a banister and bounce. And he's right. <laughs> <laughs> he do that. So the he, he kind of goes into where the pistol uh, fell and finds some cash. Yeah. A, uh, a stack for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he says, Billy, there's a bunch of money down here. Tim goes from, I can't just knock this pistol off a banister <laughs> because he's going to notice to, we can't just leave this $3,000 here and not take it. <laughs> right. Not really consistent logic. I so feel like. Decide, and right away, Billy's like, we can't just take that cash. Uh-huh. And Tim's like, this would pay for the mortgage. And uh, yep, Billy's okay. all like, Okay, yeah, Bryn. Yeah, actually, you're right. I feel like if you're going to take that cash, take your duffel bag of stuff and go put it back up there. Exactly. Because then they don't know that 100%. it's you. But if your stuff maybe, is gone, maybe sneak, gone. Maybe sneak the vintage Dylan 2005 shirt out of there. <laughs> right. Yeah, leave yeah. the rest of the duffel bag. Yeah. But you leave that duffel bag for sure. Yeah, but they're not, they weren't thinking that through. Hell, come back two days later and say, me and my brother patched things up. Can I get my stuff? Yeah, there you go. Then you're clear. It's risky, but could really, yeah, could really pay off for you. But yeah, they weren't thinking it through. They just grabbed the cash. They take it. They get out of there. Tammy meets Shelly at some sort of coffee shop bakery we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, Shelly tells her that she needs to get her life together. So she is leaving Dylan. She's going to go be a real estate agent in Dallas. A lot and, of good leads in Dallas. Yep. They have a nice sisterly moment. They cry and stuff. Uh, Gracie's there. Yeah. Ugh. Tim and Billy, they're talking about the money back at the Riggins household. Apparently it was $3,000 because Tim says, what are we going to do with this $1,000 we have left over? Put it towards the rest of the mortgage. <laughs> yeah, of course. Is the obvious answer. I'm, listen, I'm, for a Dutchman, I'm extremely irresponsible with my money. <laughs> and the obvious answer is like, just hang on to it. Like, yeah. even if, even if. Like that last $2,000 is the last $2,000 of the mortgage. Like just hang on to $1,000. <laughs> like you don't have to figure out what you're going to do with that money. Just deposit it in your bank account. This is, this is the cycle of poverty, man. It's the poverty. That's mindset. true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, it's, it should be that simple, but it's not. So Billy is freaking out because they stole $3,000 from Dylan's biggest drug dealer is basically what yeah. he says. And Tim's like goes from like Tim has had a gun pointed yeah directly at him for this guy. Yeah. And Tim is like, oh, he's probably too high to notice. Like, dude, you have been on you Listen, you you bailed. You freaked out and got out of there. Yeah. We it is obvious to every single person, aside from apparently Tim Briggins, that this is not a, the end of the guy saga. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, not great decision making, but you know, you flash three thousand dollars in a seventeen-year-old's face, I suppose. Right. And uh, Walter's having this conversation of what to do with the extra thousand dollars. <laughs> There's a knock at the door, and they like look at each other like, like oh, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's him. It's not guy though. It's coach and coach comes over. Yeah. He's come over to apologize to Tim and not only apologize to Tim, but basically tell him like, Hey, what you did was actually pretty honorable. Um, Thank which, you. Yeah, which my question is, is it though? Like, yes, I think absolute. Listen, <laughs> if I'm 17 year old, Tim Riggins. <laughs> okay. That way. Honorable. That way. Okay. Yeah. And I've got 14 year old drunk, Julie Taylor. Right. Yeah, I guess uh, not acting upon his impulses was fairly, fairly honorable. Yeah. And frankly, who knows if he even had those impulses, but Julie definitely had those impulses. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And Julie is Julie. And as much as we hate her, yep. and frankly, she is of legal age as this episode is you know, Amy T. Garden. And <laughs> I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm trying to stand up that fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, just like basically not lying for her, but covering up her indiscretions. That's, that's what I thought coach was talking about, but. Well, and that I think is honorable. I think him taking the, the hit uh, over something is like, honestly, on the whole, pretty insignificant as teen drinking. Right. I'd say that he's taking like for him taking the bullet for that is pretty honorable yeah so yeah they kind of they kind of smooth that over everyone's over at the diner now tim tim i i just want to note that yeah. i have this in my notes like tim really accepts responsibility he's literally like honestly basically says it was no big deal yeah. like i'm not even mad that you were mad at me like he is impressively mature about the entire situation. I wonder if he's just so like used to screwing people up thinking, people being, yeah, assuming yeah. the worst about him and stuff like that, that it's like just par for the course for Tim. That's the only thing that I can imagine because Tim really accepts, like Tim, as we talked about last episode, like he was very like, all right, I'm out the door. What I actually had written down was co- coach apologizes to him and coach really accepts responsibility because coach is like, I treated you really crappy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coach really accepts responsibility. So I was really impressed with that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Coach was very much like, you know, listen, I treated you completely unfairly. I should not have jumped to the conclusions that I jumped to, and you were the one who basically let me do it. Yeah, like you could have jumped in, and yeah, you could have complained or yeah, uh, set the set things straight. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they kind of get that that figured out. <clears throat> Everyone's over at the diner. Uh, the TMU recruiter guy comes in and he's trying to get a verbal commitment from Smash and Smash is kind of holding yeah, back a little bit. It's very strange because the entire episode they're talking about like, what if TMU offers you something? What if TMU offers you something? And to that point, like TMU has not said a word. Yeah. And also they show up. This guy shows up <laughs> at, the, at the diner where the entire school is. Of course. And it's basically like, hey, we'd love to offer you a full ride should yeah. you want it. Yeah. And like walks away. And I don't remember how, ex- how exactly it plays out, but it ends in smash saying, do you remember 
No, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. No. Smash like makes a snide comment, and the TMU rep is like, "Is that a verbal commitment?" And Smash like does a like deep breath, look around, and is like, "Yes, I accept." In front of all of these people, I want you to know, <laughs> right? Like that's the school I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Alabama is no longer. Uh, he's going with TMU. Yeah, you gotta wonder in this universe, like how big of a deal TMU is because <laughs> it was like, pretty significant. Yeah, yeah, it was like a no-brainer for Smash once he got the offer yeah. from TMU. The fact that like he could have, like, and to be fair, like I say this as a person who uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, understanding of college sports. Like to me, like the idea of riding pine at Alabama for two years and then maybe even like rising to significance there uh-huh. um, is like, that sounds awesome. Um, the <laughs> fact that he was like, Oh, I'll say pl- see playing time for four years at this school that mm-hmm. is fictional. Um, it must be, it must be some sort of like semi big <laughs> yeah. deal. You yeah. Know? Like a dynasty, uh college yeah. football dynasty. Yeah. Uh, the, the TMU, I didn't make a note. The TMU guy says when he's trying to convince him says it all comes down to trust who are you going to trust? Um, and yeah, so Smash goes through with it. And then the next scene, we see Coach talking to Julie, and he says he's not sure when he's going to be able to trust her again. Uh, probably coincidence, but I just made a note that there was a movie dude one type parallel there. Concerning <laughs> <laughs> trust. Um, but yeah, Coach says, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to trust you again, but I also realize like people make mistakes. You made a mistake. Um, you know, I, regardless of the mistakes you make, I love you no matter what. So, yeah, it's an interesting like punishment, but like I'm willing to potentially let you know that at least I'm willing to lust over eventually. Yep. And Tammy shows up none the wiser. Yeah, she doesn't know. And they kind of turn into a like kind of uh, a nice family moment. And I, I really, I had my another moment. Um, I don't know, you probably didn't catch this, uh. but they're like, let's have a family movie night. And Julie's like, oh, I rented Cinema t- Cinema Paradiso. Yeah. Which is another, like, they went, you know, her and Matt went to go yeah. see the 1930s freaking <laughs> Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the fact that she's like, oh, I rented Cinema Paradiso. And Ju- Tammy's like, nah. Is <laughs> <laughs> another, like, completely unrealistic Julie Taylor moment to me. But Yeah, I didn't know anything about that, but I figured it was one of them art house it is a movies. IMDb top 250 movie. Um, it is actually playing by the time that this gets heard by everybody else. It's irrelevant, but um, it's one of the first movies that the State Theater in Sioux Falls is playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So we, we just, they're playing like Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life, and uh-huh. Cinema's Fair DC. So it must have something to do with Christmas. So I, uh-huh. I'm like, Captain, I'm really, really excited that we're like going to be living very close to like, I'm going to yeah. patronize that as much That's as awesome. I possibly can because I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I want like I want a retro theater in in South Dakota so bad. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. like probably COVID or not, I'm gonna be hitting that <laughs> yeah, up as support. as much as I can because I want to support that business. Yeah, so. that's awesome. No, I did see that they were doing Home Alone and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I must have just not even processed Cinema Paradiso or whatever because I didn't know what it was. But yeah, so they have a nice Taylor family moment. Things are back at a at a nice place there. Smash goes home to tell his mama that he is going to TMU. He brings her flowers. She's very happy, very thrilled that he is going to TMU. So they also have a nice family moment. And we get my final music cue mm. of the episode. I think this is the fourth or fifth and it's, an, it's bookended 
by Wilco. They had the first music cue of the oh. episode, and now the last. It's Sky Blue Sky by Wilco. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, starting and ending with Wilco. That is our plot synopsis. We're going to take a little break, and we'll come back and discuss some characters. All right, we're back. We're going to dig into some of these characters here. Let's start with let's start with Smash for this episode. Smash is is living into his dream, right? This is what everything has been leading up towards up until this point. Um, Unimaginable new heights you might say. <laughs> he yeah, cuz he he already did the state champion state championship yeah. so now he's looking forward we've already passed the unimaginable so like what's he yeah. past that yeah yeah kind of getting caught up wrapped up in the process uh that girlfriend of his is not helping matters yeah noel seems to be i i'm having a hard time kind of deciding if she's a good or bad influence because yeah. as uh i don't know how much of this conversation you'll keep in the episode but i believe that college sports are bullshit <laughs> and <laughs> Um, I think that she is arguably a good guide through that because she's seen uh, firsthand experience and kind of knows how to navigate through that BS. So um, part of me thinks that she's arguably a good influence, but um, Mama Smash seems to be not so impressed with it. So I think yeah. in the long run, I think Smash makes the call that pleases everyone. Yeah. You know, his mom, Noel, and the audience. Yeah. and Coach True. I think that Noelle by herself would probably be bad, but Noelle True. balanced out with Coach and Mama is probably sure. a valuable voice to have in the process. I so, think they all met in the middle. Yep. It, like you said, it worked for everyone. So that's good. So Smash kind of has his next uh, destination figured out. Um, Taylor family. Julie sucks in this julie sucks big time um i think she does have kind of a redemption arc yeah the fact that she really comes clean for for sure the first time in the series <laughs> i'm not gonna say the last time but i have to give her points because it is probably the most relatable that we see julie for sure up to this point that the it's fact true. that she she is willing to come clean about the whole uh tim Regan situation but yep um yeah we have some uh, uh some interesting dynamics because uh, Shelly finally leaves and Tammy is not upset about it as I think even as much as she wanted to be upset about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the Taylor family's finally getting back to a little bit of normalcy. Tim's gone. Shelly's gone. Julie is, has come clean. Yeah. They finally, at the end of the episode, have a happy family moment. So yeah, things are looking pretty nice. They're going to the watch Taylor some family. art house cinema, maybe. Yeah. No, they're going to watch Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn, I believe. What movie did... Because uh, Tammy picked. Yeah, I can't remember the movie that I, they actually picked, but... Yeah, I know it was Chevy Chase for sure. Uh, so that's what's going on with the Taylors. The Rigginses? Yeah, we get some, uh, some rekindling of the Billy and Tim story. We get some closure on the Jackie story. We still don't get closure on Bo. <laughs> which is really the, the true tragedy. Yeah, the forgotten the forgotten child, Bo. Once uh, again, I relate to Bo. <laughs> Once again, Bo is Anthony. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we see Tim in a very positive light here, you know, 
which is good. We we like we like it when Tim does the right thing and yeah. sees a little bit of success. However, he then steals three thousand dollars. So from a from a notorious drug dealer who has pointed guns at his heart before. So not a good call. So I kind of I'm gonna walk that back a little bit. Uh, <laughs> maybe we aren't seeing Tim at his finest. Yeah. Um, not a lot of Matt in this episode. Not a lot of. Landry in this episode, like oh, nobody, no, no, no Tyra, Lila, no Tyra, no Lila. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty football. Another like team. Taylor family centric episode. Yep, I think the Taylors have become arguably too centric in in season two, and that's. I think it, it's a self writing mechanism from being way too Landry Tyra right rapist heavy. Yeah. in the beginning so gotta get get things evened out mm-hmm. um yeah i thought sticky's poor man. dude yeah but he's going through it he is going through it yep yep and he's got another big move on the horizon here uh to philip south dakota or wherever so yeah he's going uh i think iroquois uh south dakota <laughs> won the state championship like nine single a a few years in that area so i think i think that's where he went that, that might be it yeah uh, can we get the Coach Dickey's spinoff series? I uh, yeah, I can see that. Jason Adams. It's a pretty intriguing story, at least what we've been able to piece together. So, yeah. all right. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for our characters. Anybody else that you want to touch on, or should we move on? I can't think of anybody. Yeah. That's all right. right well, we're gonna move on then in just a moment to our awards for the week. All right, here we are. Coach Taylor. We always start out with Coach Taylor. Uh, yeah, where, where are we at with Coach this week? That's a good question. I think if there's uh, something to be said for him admitting that he was wrong yep. about a perceived situation. So we got to give him some hard yeah. points there. I always appreciate that. Um, we see him coach a hard game. I mean, we see him Ooh, turn yeah. in, from for all we know, turn in the coach's playbook um, to... Uh, coach Dickies, we see him try to make peace with Coach Dickies and have a beer. Yeah, um, he does keep Shelly out of the house. Yeah, but I mean that—that's it was time. He didn't do it in the best way, but this has got to be like a hard eight or nine. I gotta say. Well, uh, we gave Coach an eight point seven five last week. Yeah, and I—I I was trying to keep that in mind because the the strong end of that came from him calling out. Yeah. Um, Coach Dickey. And this one, he's, I think it, it falls in the same area because he, once again, honorably does not copy for all we see the yep. LRB playbook. He, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he could have kicked uh, Dickey's off of, like, out of Dylan for right. that coach interference nonsense. Let's be honest, that was assault. Press charges. Yeah. Um, we see him really empathize with Coach Dickies over his wife's, uh, I guess, expiration <laughs> um, notice. Woof. And yeah, yeah, we, yeah, you're right. There, there were actively good things in this yeah. episode. Whereas I feel like, yeah. So you know what? I'm good with a nine on this one. Slightly point yeah. two five higher than last last episode. I'm good with that. I feel good with that. Yeah, Julie Taylor Hatometer. Mm. This is a tough one because she does come clean, so you got to give her some hard points. Yep, yep. she turns uh, it around. 
for really coming clean. And honestly, now that I think about it, I don't think there's a lot of negative Julie in this episode. It's just the opportunities that she has to come clean before she actually comes clean. Right. Yeah, she, yeah. she has very obvious moments where she could do it, but she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta take that into account. I think I'm, I feel comfortable with going with just a flat zero. Okay. Go neutral on Julie on this one. I was going to go a little higher. So I'm willing to, I'm willing to hear that out. I, I you know, I just I was, think the fact that she could have come clean earlier, which so you got to give her negative points or positive <laughs> on the, on the scale for that. Yeah. But the fact that she did end up coming clean within an episode of, of Tim Regan's reaming. Yeah. Part of me wants to say even it out. I I'm, I'm willing to go positive on the I scale for sure. In my mind, it's gotta be positive because, um, she does end up saying something, but I don't think that completely cancels out not taking the opportunities and saving Tim a lot of trouble. So uh, I'm even fine with just going with a one, just slightly positive because I don't think it's neutral, but I'm good with that. Let's do it. All right. One big rig beer tally. I believe we had two two this episode. We'd love to see that. A shared beer with Billy and uh, a singular beer while he confronts uh, Jackie. Nobody Garrity, so nobody Garrity sleeps bummer. Yeah, I think the only scene that Buddy was in was reacting in a shocked manner to Coach Dickey's laying that head out on Tim oh, Riggins. So was he in there? nothing yeah. sleazy about about uh Buddy there. So this yep. is a a zero on the yeah. or well no no sleaze moments. So yeah. <laughs> this is Buddy Garrity's most shining moment. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. Yeah. It's and that's says something that every episode that he's not in is, <laughs> is his, his best, best episode. Yeah. So. Uh we had a lot of music cues that we mentioned. Yeah. I don't know which one I would choose because I don't think I was familiar with any of them yeah. before this episode. So we got I think we gotta give it to Wilco for having two. Yeah. Way to go, Wilco. Shout out to Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> yep. Congrats. Uh they love Chicago. That's true. Uh, quote of the episode. I didn't have any written down. I'm going to check the IMDb. Yeah, I have after Shelly leaves, uh, Tammy says, and she was here for a long time. You're damn right she was. And it will be nice to have her house back. You're damn right it will be. So we got two quotes on the IMDb. Um, one where Eric Taylor is um, confronting Don Dickies. <laughs> I don't know that anything in there like really hops out as a quote of the week. It looks like the other one is just basically the play-by-play of yeah, Slim and Sammy. Yeah, Dickie's tackling Riggins. So yeah, holy cow! Hey, whoa! <laughs> you see that? You see that? Yeah, not not a lot of uh, yeah. Uh, dialogue's hard to play out. We we won't get into that. But. Yep. I yeah. I think I think the it goes back to the only one I have written down is Coach responding. You damn right. Yeah, Tammy I think I, I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. Yep. I think the, she was here a long time. You're damn right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, to me, that was the quote that stood out the most for sure. Weak, but we'll go with it. Outdated pop culture reference of the week. What did we have? have second phone line. Yeah. Second phone line. I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Second uh, landline. Right. All right. For Shelly and Julie, <laughs> which like, thank God that Shelly moved out when she did because Probably the Taylor family would have had to deal with that for the entirety of the rest of <laughs> right. the series. Yeah. Right. Who knows what kind of people were calling Julie? I mean, <laughs> she clearly is attracted 
nothing but scumbags aside from Matt Saracen. Yeah. And Anton, the Swede, and Riley. The Swede. <laughs> yeah, Riley, scumbag. Worst. Uh, MVP of the episode. I am going to nominate Tammy Taylor. Okay. And Smash Williams. Smash, really? Interesting. It was a very Smash-centric episode. It was. And I think we're led to believe he made the right decision. So that's good. Uh, I was going to say Coach Taylor because... He handled, like we talked about in the inspirating, he handled a lot of difficult situations pretty well. What's the argument for Tammy? Just Tammy. Yeah, I think that she handled the the fact that her husband kicked her sister out. Yeah. And that she kind of came back from that and handled it extremely well. Yeah, sure. I think we... And also that she's Tammy. (laughs) Right. It's an automatic nomination, honestly. Uh, I think we should go with Smash because this might be one of Smash's few opportunities to win MVP of the episode. For sure, yeah. All right, that leaves us with our episode rating for the week. I was interested to see that on the IMDb, the previous episode with the tornado, there goes the neighborhood, scored an 8.4 on the IMDb rating. And this one only scored an 8.0, I feel like this is a better episode really than the last yeah i just i think the whole the way things come to a head with the coach and we don't have like the weird napoleon dynamite twins all that no bad cgi tornado i think this is a better episode than the previous yeah my 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 gut says uh a light to a mid seven and i would say i would say a just a middle of the road middle i would say like a low to mid eight so do you like this one better or worse than the last one? Or better. The same? I think the last one we went strong six, light seven. Yep. Uh, for this one, I would personally say hard seven. Okay. So, um, so I would say it's it's slightly better than the last one. Yeah. No, I like I like giving them both both seven with our with our uh, scale that we use. So both sevens, but slightly different sevens. Yeah. This is this side. is for sure a stronger seven than yep. the previous one. Yep. But probably not an eight. Probably yeah. not quite there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. All right. We'll keep it we'll keep it at a at a strong seven then. Uh that uh, that's all our awards for the week. Um yeah, I'm I'm enjoying season two more than I remembered enjoying yeah, season two. Same. I think I mean it gets it's it gets crapped on because it is the low point in the series. But oh. honestly, it's you know, what they say about uh sex and pizza is even when it's bad it's that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh yeah. And it's it's encouraging to think that we're only gonna go up from here. You yeah. Know? I if if memory serves, season three is my favorite season. So I'm yeah. I'm very excited to to get back into that. Yeah. So we can't be handing out eights right now because right. we'll, we'll exactly. have nowhere to go for season three. So all right, man. It's been a pleasure. Uh to all you listeners, thank you for listening, especially our listeners in the West Indies. Shout out to the lis- listeners in the West Indies and Shout out to our president, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't be surprised with anything. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Tell your friends. If you see one of us commenting on a or the Reliving the Lights 
uh, Twitter account commenting on the Friday Night Lights uh, account, which is very active. If you're not following Friday Night Lights on Twitter, you, you should be. They, they always yeah. got something going on there. Uh, back us yeah. up. Yeah, back us up. We we have theories that I think at this point we we know the series better than even you know the Friday Night Lights Twitter account. Maybe even yeah. the writers of the show themselves. You know, listen. If you're into QAnon, get into FNL and on. This is our new <laughs> thing. It's all about the secret family that Coach Taylor has with Lois. And honestly, it makes more sense than anything in QAnon. So yeah, you know, consider help us out. Where we go one, we go all. As <laughs> I was going to throw that in there. <laughs> so, Yikes. If you listen to this podcast, uh, <laughs> you're complicit with the with the Lois and Coach Taylor secret family. And honestly, if you're not, if you see a tweet and you're not backing us up, uh, I don't know what's time. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all we got for this week. Uh, <laughs> we've gone too far. We've gone too far. And I'm going to leave this in. I'm going to leave it all in. But... Uh, yeah, we will see you next week for episode 12. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.